about this, this inordinate desire, this unhealthy desire that, that churns up in each one of us, inside each of our heart and our souls and our minds, what, what this desire does and the behaviors that it leads to, he says, are the ones prohibited by all the commandments that come before it. So in other words, unhealthy desire, coveting, leads to murdering and stealing and adultery and lying. If you have misplaced desire, then that will lead to idolatry. The first three or four commandments, it'll lead to putting God, putting something else in place of God in your life. He said if we could just get the last commandment right, then the other ones would fall in line. He writes this, he says, The commandment that prohibits desiring the goods of one's neighbor attempts to resolve the number one problem in every community, violence. If we cease to desire the goods of our neighbor, we would never commit murder or adultery or theft or false witness. If we respected the Tenth Commandment, the four commandments before it would be superfluous. Selfish ambition, unchecked envy, desire. Put these two together, says James here in this reading, and you will have every kind of disorder and evil practice all around you. He then says this, and he is so right, he says, he asks this question, he says, what, think about this, what causes fights? What causes quarrels among you? Don't they come from these desires that are, and he uses battle imagery, they are at war within you. And we don't know if he is talking about an individual and the war within their own soul or even within a church. These desires that battle within you, you desire but you do not have and so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want and so you quarrel and you fight. It's amazing to see Jesus' own disciples. To see them on the road. And this is a real life story that illustrates not what just Jesus teaches, but what James is talking about. You see them on the road, and can't you picture this in your mind? I envision them being on a road, maybe sort of like the aisle of this church. And Jesus is up ahead of them about where that wall is in the back. And Jesus is doing what he does when he passed through places. He is touching people. He is healing them. He is, as we read earlier, he's embracing children. He is, he is out there with the people. But the disciples, oh, they're back here, maybe about 40 yards behind him, quarreling. <laughs> quarreling about who is the greatest. So right before this scene is that great scene in Mark 9 where Jesus takes three disciples, Peter, James, and John, up on the mountainside. And they have this, this incredible experience with God during the transfiguration of Jesus and not, not sooner have they had this incredible moment, but they come down, and the other disciples are jealous. They're envious. They're envious, and they start to quarrel. Oh, you may have been up on the mountaintop for that, but I got to see the healing of this, or I got to be with Jesus during this time. They are fighting about who is the best, who's the greatest, who's the most important. So in a private moment, Jesus collects those 12 around them. He says, why were you quarreling? Mm. At this moment, everybody looks down and says nothing. Kind of like when the teacher asks a question in class. Everybody looks down, they won't say anything. Jesus knows, so he dispenses this heavenly wisdom. He says, all right, look, if you want to be first, if you want to be the greatest, then you need to be last. 
And you need to be a servant. You need to look out for the best interests of others. Put others ahead of yourself and your own desires. This incredible wisdom that we know is right. I mean, we know it's right. That to be great means to be a servant. Of course it's right. Think about what Jesus is teaching here. I think about what James is teaching here. I want to ask us this question. Do you see these two different types of wisdom? These different ways of describing what, what life with Christ is like and the wisdom that comes from heaven. He uses words like submissive and peace-loving, about harvesting righteousness and, and sowing peace. Words like goodness and words like faith. All of these verses, these other words that he uses, the wisdom of the world, he talks about violence and he talks about how it is demonic. It is self-serving. It's all about promoting the self above others. Do you see these two ways of, the, of wisdom? It makes me want to come back full circle and say, yes, we see them. And so how can, how can you as an individual, how, as we, how can we as Christians, how can we be ambitious for God? How can we take what is something I think that is as good, this drive to be better, this motivation, this urge to, to better ourselves and to be better and to help and to serve? How can we be ambitious for God instead of ambitious for ourselves? Most of the time, ambition for self. I mean, you know what causes it. You know we want more status, more power, all that kind of stuff, that kind of ambition that comes from envy. It will just eat you up like an ulcer. And your ulcerated soul will always lead you to damaging words toward others. I mean, you know how ministers do it. You know how ministers do it? We see how great preachers are out there in the world. We see how great communicators are. We see how they're funny and they're intelligent and they're, they're smart. They're profound. All these wings, all these different ways that they engage people. And so what do they do? Ministers want to get ahead and be envious and be ambitious. And so a lot of times they'll plagiarize the sermons of other ministers and then preach them as their own. It happens. It happens a lot. It's always a lie. Envy and ambition lead to sin. And think about whatever business you're in, whatever industry you're in. Think about your own community, whatever it may be. And you know what kind of wisdom of the world is at work. It's often the wisdom of the world that is damaging and destructive, built on envy and selfish ambition. And so what are we doing? What are we doing as Christians who follow Jesus? What can we do to follow the lead, the lead of Jesus and live by the wisdom of God. How can we invite others into our success? You see, when you have this others first servant mentality, this wisdom that comes from heaven, you will invite others to be, to be part of your success, part of your blessings. Your blessings are then given on to bless others. Others benefit when you benefit. Your desire is not fueled by envy but it's a desire to produce good fruit that other people will enjoy in their lives. You live by the wisdom of God, says James, and you will produce things like peace. There won't be violence. You won't be bent on any kind of revenge. There will be mercy. Instead of sarcasm, there will be sincerity. You will reap righteousness and goodness. 
This is the wisdom that we are called to live by. This is how we can be ambitious, but we can be ambitious for God, ambitious for Christ and His ways, ambitious to be last so that other people can be first, ambitious to be submissive and therefore to be liberated by God from the sin that clings so heavily. We sow peace and righteousness. We live by this wisdom from above. What are the ways of the world that strike you and that cling to you? What ways of the world's wisdom, which really isn't wisdom, it's all false, what ways are you tempted every day, every week to live by? The invitation from God, the invitation from James is to see these two different realms, these two different ways of wisdom, and to live by the wisdom that was personified, it was embodied by Jesus Christ. To live by His ways, to have that servant mentality, to have that love-first mentality. And to live, therefore, by the wisdom of heaven. And to be ambitious for God. Amen. have been blessed. We've been blessed because we got to hear God's words. And we know from life experience and we know from Scripture that that's more than just words. That every time God speaks, that is a creative moment where something new is being birthed in our lives. And so I invite you to stand as you are able and join me as we stand on the solid rock of faith and affirm what we believe by reciting the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. And now invite uh, our very own Helen Warren to come forward with a very special guest from our mission partner at Binghampton Christian Academy for a moment for mission. Good morning. I'd like to introduce Shelley Alley, who's the development director at Binghampton Christian Academy. Good morning, everyone. It's so great to be with you again. It's been a few years uh, since I've been able to come by, but I just thank you for the opportunity uh, to share about what is going on at BCA. Um, if you remember, um, being Hampton Christian Academy, we are a private Christian day school and boarding school. Our mission is to develop students who honor and glorify God promote spiritual and academic excellence, and encourage them to become godly leaders in their community. Um, the church has been involved for many years 
Uh, some of you may remember one of the first projects was helping to support the playground uh, that was built on campus and the students are still actively using that and loving it. Um, and uh, there's a lot of other ways the church has been involved, including uh, a prayer partner relationship that Helen will share more about in just a little bit. Um, I always want to share a couple of things about our school I think make us really special. Um, and one of those is the fact that all of our students are, attend on full scholarship. Families pay only 200 a year, um, no matter if they have one child or four children involved. Um, they have the opportunity to participate in all the programs and uh, the high tuition cost is not um, a barrier for them. The other component is our boarding school. We are the only boarding school in the community, um, probably even in the region, and at full capacity we have 30 students, 15 boys and 15 girls who live on campus. These children need higher level of support. Um, many are from refugee families um, where English is not the first language. And so at our school, they get the chance to have tutors and mentors. Um, they get to go to midweek church services and also do a lot of fun things. Um, the church has been involved um, in helping our dorm program through the meal ministry that we have. Uh, meals are provided, snacks, and that's been a big help. Um, another way the church has um, helped throughout the years is they've sponsored field trips and school supplies and uniforms, um, and of course, uh, grant support and lots of prayers. Um, we're so thankful for our partnership, and we look forward to continuing to grow that. If you're interested in getting more involved, um, a couple of ways um, that we would love to have you, um, one of which is that meal program for the dorms, um, that we have a high need for that right now. We also are looking for tutors that can help after school with our residential students. Um, so we would love for you to help out in that way. If you maybe have less time but would love to connect with our school, we always have a need for judges for science fair, for Living History Museum, and the oratorical contest. Um, thank you again for just your support through these years, and we look forward um, to continuing to grow the relationship. Thank you. For seven years now, a, a mighty team of volunteers from GPC has been building bridges with students and faculty at BCA. We have been prayer pr partners and room moms for students who are our children, just not in the genetic sense. In, in 2014, we befriended a group of adorable first graders who were quick with their hugs and their smiles. Now those six-year-olds are teens, and this spring they will graduate from eighth grade at BCA, and they will leave with our prayers and our love and our devotion. They will leave changed by GPC's involvement in their lives. So if you want to be ambitious for God, as uh, Pastor Will mentioned, if you want to help change young lives and actually be a part of this mirac miracle of Christian growth and transformation at BCA, um, please contact me or see me after the service. And thank you so much. Thank you again, and we are so blessed and grateful um, for that word of encouragement and to hear all the good things that are happening at BCA. 
and to recommit ourselves to that ministry as one of the vital ministries of this church. Thank you. As God has spoken to us, we know that we have an opportunity to speak back with our lives and also with our hearts. Would you join me now in a word of prayer? Jesus, it just feels good to spend another day with you. To spend this holy time with one another as we grow in friendship and in faith. And we come not leaving um, the, the fullness of our life at the doorstep, but bringing it all with us. We can be confident and comfortable in your presence knowing that you are dynamically involved and that you are responsive to what's going on in our lives. Lord, as we celebrate your goodness that is so prevalent at BCA, we carry a heaviness in our heart for, for places around the world that have just bothered us. Places like Afghanistan where there is so much chaos, like Haiti where there is so much dysfunction and and. and people who are being hurt and ostracized. There is political discord and, and people are really struggling for the basics of life like food and respect and love and compassion. And Lord, we lift to you our country with all leaders in industry, in government, in ministry. We ask that your wisdom that self-sacrificial love would pour itself upon our communities. That we would embody your goodness to our neighbors, to our friends, to our colleagues, to strangers. And Lord, we lift to you our community here in Germantown and beyond. We ask that you would be with our teachers and our students, all administrators and our parents as this is a particularly heavy and weighty time as they are in school and in the middle of it, and also we thought we would be further along than we are with this health crisis. We ask that you would be so present through doctors and nurses and in the entire medical community that is struggling under the weight of caring for all of us during this health crisis. Guide us to proceed with grace and gentleness and understanding. And Lord, we lift to you this faith community to whom you are the head. God, we are so blessed to be a part of this family of faith. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to welcome new people into our heart. And we are so excited to learn and to grow together as family, as sisters and brothers. And Lord, we lift to you the multitude of prayers that we have not been able to find words to pray with the words that you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now in response to the goodness and the wisdom that God has blessed us with, we have an opportunity through the giving of tithes and offerings 
to participate in what God is up to in the world, making it a better place, redeeming and transforming us into new creations. For those of us who are joining us online, we just want you to know we are so glad to be worshiping together with you. And you can easily join us in participating in this ministry through going to the giving tab on our homepage. I invite the ushers now to come forward and receive our gifts to Christ.
Let's pray. God, we do praise You. We look out over our lives and we are humbled by the multitude of blessings that You've given us. And we lean on our understanding that You have endowed us with these to be enjoyed, to bring us closer to You and one another, and also as a moment to grow. To grow as Your people who are not just passive recipients of Your grace, but are responsible to share it, to spread it all around our lives. And so we commit these to You, Lord, in humble gratitude. Bless and magnify them for Your glory that all who encounter this community of faith would encounter You. This we pray in Your holy name. Amen.
Friends, as we leave, remember the words of Scripture that tell us to stand firm, keep alert, be courageous and strong, and let everything you do be done in love. And so we leave this place now to go out to love and serve the Lord and to love and serve our neighbors as ourselves. As we go, we do so with the blessing of Almighty God. And so go in peace and may the God of all hope and all joy fill you with all peace and believing by the power of the Holy Spirit today and always. Amen. Amen.